Hi, I'm Simon Thiexton and welcome to the Cooperage at our brewery here in Massam as we celebrate the Thiexton's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year. This year's long list contains giants of the genre, best-selling hits and an exciting range of thrilling stories set around the world, proving the remarkable talent and offer in the world of crime fiction. The shortlist is already too close to call, so we encourage everyone to get voting. A hearty toast of Old Peculiar to all our long-listed authors for this coveted award and we look forward to what we know will be a fiercely fought competition. In the meantime, I'm going to have a glass of Old Peculiar because they say a glass of Old Peculiar and a crime novel go very well together. And I'll tell you why when you come to Harrogate for our festival in July. Cheers. I'm Joe Haddo and this is our series of interviews with the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award Long Listees, produced and curated by Harrogate International Festivals in partnership with title sponsor Theakston's Old Peculiar. Mmm, a lovely drop. And today I'm joined by a best-selling and award-winning author who is no stranger to Harrogate. It's Ellie Griffiths. Hello. Hi, Joe. It's lovely to be here. (laughs) Always, always a pleasure to see you, um, whether that be virtually from the shed or in Harrogate. Um, how are you? How have you been since last year? What's going on? I'm really well, thank you. Yeah, no, I'm fine uh, uh, here in sunny Brighton. We're sort of slightly sunny at the moment. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I've been fine. I've, I've um, been quite a momentous year for me because it's been the last root book uh, out this year. So, um that's been quite exciting, but I'm really enjoying it. Really enjoying being given new things to write as well. Well, yeah, that is exciting. And there's, I mean, there has been a lot of Ruth chat, a lot, um, for, for many good reasons. Um, but now we have to sort of go back <laughs> because yeah. today we're talking about the locked rooms. Um, and congratulations on being nominated again for the biggest award in crime fiction. How, how did it feel when you heard this time? Oh, it was just incredible. I'm so thrilled. I mean, Thiexton's old peculiar crime novel of the year. It, the first three letters don't say top for nothing, do they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so thrilled to be longlisted. It's really exciting. And yeah, for the locked room as well, which was a really tough one to write, but one I, I am, I have to say, quite proud of. So I was really thrilled. Oh, absolutely. Because the, the, the locked room is set in 2020. Um, and of course, you had to decide if you were going to write a 2020 novel and whether you were going to include COVID and everything that was going on. Yes, exactly. I mean, I'm sure all writers sort of st- struggled, or not, not said necessarily struggled, but all writers probably thought, shall we go there or not? Shall we yeah. include COVID and lockdown or not? And I think probably it was more difficult decision for series writers. So this book is number 14 in, in the Ruth Galloway series. So I ended up thinking that it almost felt wrong to miss it out as I'd written a book about Ruth every year for then the last 14 years. It sort of felt wrong to miss out 2020 to make that big leap. I'm pretty sure lots of books will be set in 2019 and I don't blame people at all for that, but I kind of couldn't do that because I'd already done my 2019 book. So having decided that, I really thought I would kind of go full lockdown. So the book starts in, in uh, February um, 2019 when people are hearing about, about this terrible virus. And some of the characters in the book, you can imagine which ones do which things. Some uh, are just dismissing it and some are putting circles of protection around their hands. Um, <laughs> but then when it comes, it is it is a big part of the book because Nelson is investigating a series of 
sort of locked room murders, and then the whole country is in one big locked room. Exactly that. That's such a good way of putting it. We were all in a sort of locked room mystery of our own. Yeah, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, there'll be lots of people watching who are huge Reef fans. They've read all the books, but some may not know of this book. So could you just set up the story for those who might not have got to it yet? Okay, yes. So Dr. Ruth Galloway, who's the, the main character in these books, is a forensic archaeologist, and she lives... Um, on her own, on her own with her cats at the beginning of the series, on a beautiful but rather desolate bit of Norfolk um, marshland. Um, and she first uh, encounters the police when they ask her to look at some bones that were found buried on the marshland, which is something police do ask forensic archaeologists for their advice in those situations. Um, so Ruth knows that these particular bones are actually 2,000 years old. She knows them immediately, that they're old bones. But she's drawn into that case, which is that of a missing child. And that's the first book, The Crossing Places. So now we're on book 14. So she's still advising the police. And she's now in a very complicated, I think that's the only way to describe <laughs> it, relationship with the police officer, DCI Harry Nelson. And, I mean, the great thing about writing such a long series is now there's a big cast of characters, including sort of Cathbad the Druid and, and other police uh, uh, police officers. So it's quite a big cast of characters now, but still still looking for old bones. <laughs> still got the old bones at the heart. Still got the old bones. You know, there are lots of... Do you know there are lots of dead bodies in Norfolk? I mean, you know, some have been buried for thousands of years, but there are lots of bodies there. <laughs> um, and for this one, the lock room, although it's set in this sort of, I mean, surreal might, might be the word, certainly at uncertain times that we were all experiencing it. You obviously put some like lighter moments in this book as well. So this this not ain't all doom and gloom. No, I really hope it isn't. Yes, and it was so strange, wasn't it? I only wrote this book in 2021, so I'm long gone, but doesn't it seem a long time ago in some ways? Mm. So strange, you know, uh, the, the masks and the shopping and the wiping down our shopping and the hand sanitizer all does seem quite a long time ago. So, yes, I wanted to I wanted to show how terrible it was and also exactly the right word, how surreal. There was empty yeah. streets driving through those streets. It was like the day after a zombie apocalypse or something. It was so strange. <laughs> Um, but also I did want to bring in some lighter moments. So I have to say Ruth's lockdown shopping list, uh, read exactly as mine did, which started <laughs> off uh, cat food wine. So, you know, I think, I think we, we all had to get our priorities right, didn't we? And uh, Ruth is forced to go out because her cat needs gourmet cat food. And, you know, we've all been there. And our pets became so important, didn't they? And yeah. our homes. And I think that was part of it, that um, the sort of locked-in feeling of this book. Ruth is locked in in her cottage and she finds that her very cottage has a secret she has to find out about. Meanwhile, she's trying to to, to homeschool her, her daughter who absolutely doesn't want any of it, which I can completely sympathise with as well, <laughs> and, and do lectures on Zoom with her poor students. So I did try to bring in some of the funny aspects, but also some of the really awful aspects. Well, yeah, you got you captured it all, I think. You captured it all. Um, and I do remember um, uh, uh, ordering quite a lot of sort of artisan goods during lockdown as a sort of you know just treat just treat myself get anything that will be delivered please just just treat myself yeah did you make the bread did you go as far as making bread never went there never went there really no no, no. i think ruth buys the ingredients but she never goes but there. she never gets yeah. <laughs> we did go there a couple of times but it's amazing how much you can how quickly you can get fed up with banana bread and <laughs> And that did happen. <laughs> and also, I think everyone got a little bit fed up with photos of people's bread as well. That was the other thing that sort yes, of yes, ran its course. Bread, yes. <laughs> um, you are no stranger to Harrogate. 
you've been many, many times. We've done events there together. What is it about the Harrogate Festival that you and me and just everyone loves, do you think? It's just so special. I mean, it is the big crime writing festival in the UK and maybe in the world, who knows? But it's just a wonderful um, experience, isn't it? Partly because yeah. it's so well, well organised and everyone is so nice and friendly. And it's just... We are all just there together, aren't we? So you can be at the bar and Lee Child's next year, Velvet Dove, it's the other side, and probably they'll buy you a drink, actually. So it's, it's a great <laughs> experience. And you can just hear the biggest names in crime writing talk, and then you can see them in the bar later, and it's just fun. Harrogate is beautiful. Uh, the Swan Hotel is beautiful and, of course, full of history. So I think it really is very, very special, but it's probably the people that makes it special, I think. I'm going to tell Val you said that if I'm standing next to her, she'll buy me a drink. <laughs> Yes, do. I'm sure she would, but I would be very happy to buy her a drink too. That on record. Okay, very good. Well done. It's all been noted. Um, and just finally, let's talk about this award because it is such a huge deal in the crime writing community and in, in the literary community as well. What does the Fix and Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award mean to you personally? Well, it means such a lot, really. You know, it it is, again, the big award. You know, Thinks is our peculiar crime novel of the year, as I said. Top is part of the name. Um, you know, I've, I love I've... that. We're going to use that. <laughs> oh, good. I've, you know, I've, I've been longlisted before. I've been shortlisted a few times. And really, I think that makes me value it even more. Um, mm. I've never won it. But it just feels wonderful to be on the longlist because when you think of all the incredible crime novels that come out every year, and I don't know about you, German. you must see so many of them. I just think the standard's going higher and higher. I just see debut I agree. blow me away all the time. So I would never take this for granted. It's a fantastic honour. I completely agree with you. And I don't, yes, really strong debuts and new voices coming through and, and some great writing, but also I think authors who are on their 5th, 10th, 15th books are are also at the top of their game i really do think that i think there's there's some series authors who are just going have this you know um you're included in that oh thank you so much. <laughs> fantastic new series like Val, who was, was obviously by me a drink her new series in 1979 yep. mark billingham's got a terrific new series isn't it wonderful to see people at the top of the game starting new things so Brilliant. i find that really exciting yeah it really is and there's going to be a lot of that chat at Harrogate this year, of course. Uh, and for anyone watching who likes the sound of Ellie's book and hasn't got to it, or for all of the Ruth series, perhaps, you can purchase it and them right now from our friends at Waterstones. And once you've read this book, you can vote for it to be on the shortlist if you so wish. You just have to visit harrogatethiestoncrimeaward.com and you have to do it before Thursday the 18th of May and you can cast your vote there. Ellie, always a pleasure. I will definitely be seeing you in July and I'll be the one over by the bar going, no, one for you. From Val, one for you. That sounds great, Joe. I'll see you there. See you at the bar. Thank you so much. See you there.